0: This episode of Recovery is Possible is brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers, which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat Substance Use and Mental Health Treatment Centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. Reach out today at RetreatBehavioralHealth.com or call at 855-802-6600 for more information. Hello, this is Mike Van Meter. Welcome to the Recovery is Possible podcast. I want to thank you for joining me, and you can reach us at our Facebook site, which is also called Recovery is Possible, or our website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. We have this podcast to help educate the public about addiction, to remove the stigma associated with addiction, and offer help and support to those suffering from addiction. And so what I want to talk about today is the old people, places, things, and situations people places, things, in situations. And the reason why I want to talk about that is many folks come into recovery and they want to keep the same lifestyle that they had all along. And what you have to understand in recovery is there's an old saying, and that is that the same person will use again. The same person will use again. And we have to change so many things in our lives. In fact, I've heard it said this, that in recovery, we don't expect you to change much. We just expect you to change everything. It's pretty simple, (laughs) not a whole lot. Just change everything in your life. And so what do we mean by that? What we mean is that if you are to the point to where you need to go to a treatment facility, you need to go to detox, you need to be in recovery, it means that something in your life has not been going well, that what you've been doing up until this point has not been going well. Because if whatever you were doing worked, you would still be doing it, right? And you wouldn't have to have this discussion with anybody. But the problem is, once we start in recovery, whether you're somebody that's gone to a recovery meeting for the first time and did not pick up a drink or a drug after that, or you went to a treatment facility, however you got to that particular place, you have to understand that the problems that you're going to have once you face post-treatment, or post-first meeting are going to be all the things and the influences in your life that led to you being in that situation in the first place. And we have to work on those situations. And so the first thing is going to be people. Now, you have to understand that most people don't understand the disease of addiction. They don't understand the progression of addiction. They don't understand the biology the neurology, the psychology, they don't understand all that. You know much more than they do about it, and you're going to have people in your life that even if they understand that you have had issues with drugs or alcohol in your life, they are going to think that there's a certain point where you get recovered, meaning with an ED at the end, recovered, past tense. Well, here's the thing. Addiction is never solved. It is a disease. It's, it's like diabetes. It's like uh, cancer. It's like anything else. You can put it into remission, but it never goes away. So we like to say that we are always recovering, meaning in the present, in continuing. It's never recovered as in the past. We are always, always in recovery. And there will be well-meaning people in your life, that just don't understand that. They're well-meaning. I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say that they've gone to a party, they've gone out, they've had people over to their house, and they will say uh, to the person that is in recovery, you know what, it's been a long time, I'm sure you're fine now, you can just have a drink, or you can you know, have one drug, whatever the case may be. And the fact is, that's not the case. We know that that starts that progression of addiction again. So... People can be a problem for us again, even if they're they're well meaning. Or you have those people that don't know that you're in recovery, or don't care that you're in recovery, and they are an influence on you. Maybe you're in a situation where uh, in a, in a workplace, maybe you're on travel, maybe uh, you know any any number of situations where the people that are around you pressure you into drinking. And that's something that I noticed that when I came into recovery is that other people around me seemed to be bothered by the fact that I didn't drink anymore. And I don't know why that is, but it seemed to bother them that I wasn't drinking. And they always put a lot of pressure on me to drink. And that was a problem. So you have to be very careful with people. And, and if they're going to put you in a situation where you are under that kind of pressure, then maybe you just don't need to be around those people particularly that first year of recovery. And in a previous podcast, I talked about that, the five-year stages, those stages of recovery in the five years. And I shared that in my first year of recovery, I wasn't around anybody. I went to work, I worked out, I went to meetings, and I read recovery literature. And that's I kind of went Spartan lifestyle. And that's what I did because I knew that I was going to have those pressures. And I was in a job where we traveled a lot, and when we traveled, there was a lot of drinking. So I didn't travel, and I didn't spend time around those people. Consequently, it was a pretty good year, to be honest with you. But be very, very careful with people. So the next part of that is places. So we have people, and then we have places. So sometimes we can be triggered by going to a, a particular place, like maybe there was a, a bar that you did a lot of drinking at, maybe uh during Christmas, maybe it's the uh you know a, a particular location, maybe a traumatic spot that you were at, or a spot where all you can remember was was drinking whenever you went to that place. It's going to be unique, it's going to be special to each person, but we have to be careful of the places that we go to. So neuro you know, in our mind. In the neurology of our, our brains, we can be triggered by certain places and those those images. Maybe there's a city that you were uh, that you would, you would visit, and when you were there, you were always drunk or you were always high. Like I know a big favorite for people is Las Vegas. You know, going to Las Vegas, Sin City, the uh, decadence of the city that was there. it could be it could it doesn't have to be Las Vegas. It could be anything else. It could be any city, but a particular place that. In your mind, that just sets off that trigger where it wants you to remember the good times that you had there and you can't imagine not using or drinking in that particular city. So we want to be careful with that. Then the next one is things. Now, what do we might mean by things? Well, it could be objects. It could be uh, certain things that, that you do that while you do those items, you were always drinking. It could be bowling. It could be fishing. It could be uh, maybe going out and running and going to a race. I know a a lot of clubs that I belong to, running and triathlon clubs, at the end of events, they always have a, a party. For me, believe it or not, it was the guitar. I picked up the guitar years ago, and whenever I played the guitar, I would drink when I play the guitar. So in my first year of recovery, I didn't play the guitar because it was a trigger for me. And so I had to give that up for a period of time. Now I play the guitar now and I've got enough time behind me where I don't, I no longer associate playing the guitar with drinking, but that would be an example of a thing that could trigger you. And then situations. We have to be careful with the situations that we put put ourselves into. And what I mean by that is maybe it's a toxic relationship, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, significant other. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's not wanting to travel with a particular coworker. Again, this is going to be unique to your situation. But these are the types of things where we can put ourselves into these situations and it could trigger us back into a relapse if we are not careful. So really think about the situations as well. Try to the best of your ability to avoid those situations, those toxic relationships, those toxic meetings, the holidays. The holidays are very, very difficult for a lot of people. Just be aware of those and understand that those situations can trigger you back into Uh, a relapse if you're not careful. So uh, let me just pause here for a second, and I want to talk about our sponsor one more time. And again, this episode is sponsored by FHE Health, and FHE Health has been providing life-changing behavioral health services for more than 20 years. They treat substance abuse and mental health disorders in an individualized and comprehensive approach. Recognizing the specialized treatment needs of the first responder community, they've created Shatterproof, a dedicated program for law enforcement, fire rescue, and similar communities to receive treatment among peers. They're experienced in providing privacy and health help working with unions for employment. FHE Health is committed to providing the best care experience for our patients and for families and for our community. And learn more at FHEHealth.com. That's F-H-E-Health.com. Now, these are the principles that you have to keep in mind when you first get into recovery. It's very common for people to not want to let others know that they are in recovery, and I understand that. We talk about the stigma associated with addiction, and it's completely understandable that you don't want to let other people know in your life that you're in recovery because people don't understand recovery. However, having said that, if we don't make changes in her life, then these people who are unwitting, who are not trying to harm you, can harm you because of what they do. They can pressure you to drink. They can pressure you to do things that you don't want to do. They can pressure you to go places you don't want to go. And they're not trying to do that. It's just that they know the old you and they want to continue on with the old you. The problem with that is you're creating a new you. And so you have to be very, very careful with that. So what do you do? I get asked that all the time. So, Mike, if I can't tell people that I'm recovery, in recovery, then how do I prevent those situations where people are pressuring, you know, pressuring me to drink? Well, one way to do that is, you know, a lot of people go on health kicks. These are some of the, the tools that you can use to prevent people from pressuring you to drink. A lot of people go on health kicks. You can say you're trying to lose weight. You can say that you're on a workout program. You're training for a particular event. That's not uncommon. Uh, maybe you have health issues. Maybe you've gone to the doctor and you're taking a medication to lower cholesterol, lower blood pressure. Uh, you know any number of health issues that you can have, which at my age would not be out of the ordinary. You know, being 55 years old. I could have health problems. People don't know. People don't know what's going on between you and your doctor. And it is un, it is common that taking any number of medications you can't drink on. So just tell people, hey, look, I can't drink anymore. Maybe you are somebody that has a particular religious affiliation where drinking is discouraged. That's fine, too. That's something that you can say. I've used that when I've gone overseas. When... People have pressured me to drink while I'm overseas. I just say that it's it's against my particular religion to, to drink. I've also used the training aspect of it. I'm training for a race. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get my health uh, in order, and um, I've given up drinking. And I found that when you say that, when you give that reason, very few people follow it up and pressure you from there. It seems like they respect that. But when you just say, hey, I'm giving up drinking just for the sake of giving up drinking, and these are people that have known you and they've known your past, it seems almost like they're offended by it, or uh, maybe they want to experience those good times with you in the past. A number of different reasons. And they will continue to pressure you to drink or to drug when you don't want to. But if you give that health reason, oftentimes they go away, or that pressure goes away. Now, these things have to change in your life to be successful in recovery. That has been my experience. And the mind is a very strange thing because I remember in early recovery, seeing certain things would just be an automatic trigger. Like I could go into a 7 Eleven and see the beer aisle, or I could go into a supermarket and see the wine aisle. And just the mere sight would just trigger something in the recesses of my brain. And just give me that strong urge to want to drink again. So you avoid those things. And I've talked about this before, but it's sort of like riding the wave. That that urge, that urge to drink will just sneak up on you, and it will be very, very difficult to deal with. But I promise you, if you just meditate on serenity, and you meditate on... How you want to stay well and distract yourself, whether it's going for a run, reading a book, calling someone, calling your sponsor, calling a friend, calling anybody that could listen to, that would listen to you, a trusted friend. What you will find is between 15 and 20 minutes, oftentimes that wave kind of goes down the other side and you'll find that it goes away. That desire goes away. I found that working out, I found that Doing something, particularly aerobic, aerobic exercise in particular, seems to be very helpful in helping to d- diminish those, those urges to want to drink. But be very careful of people. Be very careful of the situations that you're in, in the places that you visit, particularly that first year. I can promise you, or I do promise you, that if you give recovery enough time, those urges will diminish. I can't say that they will go away because there are times when those urges come up. But the frequency and the duration of when they come up seem to decrease over time. And as you re-enter life and re-enter society, what we call the stream of life, you will find that you become so busy and so involved in so many other things that your mind is distracted from those desires you're distracted from those urges and you will become so busy that you'll find that you wouldn't have time to drink or drug even if you wanted to because you're just so committed in in things and that's the beauty of recovery the beauty of recovery is that we get to reconnect with life we get to reconnect with other people we get to reconnect with hobbies and interests that oftentimes we had before our addiction set in And that's a beautiful thing. You may also find that you connect with something new, maybe something that you didn't do before, hobbies that you were not involved in. And that's a beautiful thing as well. But you don't want to tempt yourself. You don't want to do things that are going to re-trigger those thoughts and desires. You know, refocus those neurons in your brain to want to go back and connect with the very thing that was destroying you in the first place. And I'm going to add to that, you you often hear people say, well, what about near beer? You know, this, this beer that doesn't have any alcohol in it, and sometimes they have wine that doesn't have alcohol in it. I would say you don't want to do that. People places things in situations, and that would be one of those things that you really want to avoid, because although there is no alcohol or very little alcohol in those drinks, The problem is that the mere taste triggers your brain to remember those things that you did before. And pretty soon, your brain won't want just the taste. It will want the effect from the wine or the beer. But it starts rekindling those thoughts in your brain that could lead down to a relapse. And so, don't tempt it. Don't play with those things. I always tell people that... There's no reason to play with it because you're playing with fire when you do that. And you're just tempting yourself and you're teasing yourself and you're teasing your brain. And it's completely unnecessary. People, places, things and situations. Be careful of these things. And you know, you, you will have success if you just really focus on this and stay committed to the path and stay committed to your recovery. So I had a listener ask about this, you know, what does this mean, people, places, things, and situations, and I wanted to explain that a little bit, and I'm sure this is going to be helpful to some of you. So I just wanted to pass that along, and again, uh, that's our episode for today, just wanted to pass that along because I had a listener ask me about that. And so, as I like to say, we don't represent any group, I don't represent anyone other than myself. We only want to pass information that's going to help you because it's helped me and maybe you can help someone else along the way. So if I've said anything that doesn't apply to you or you don't agree with, just discard it. Just try to keep something um, or use something that I passed along today that, uh, could help you and, and use that for yourself. So with that, please visit our Facebook page, which is recovery is possible. And our website, which is van meter wellness Let me know how I'm doing and let me know if there's a topic that you're interested in, just like the topic that we had today, because I'd love to hear from you and you guys take care and we will see you next time. This episode of recovery is possible is brought to you by retreat behavioral health, where there are endless possibilities for recovery. Retreat provides quality care at their leading mental health and substance use treatment centers which are designed to offer patients truly personalized and comprehensive programs that are tailored to their needs. Retreat substance use and mental health treatment centers in Palm Beach County, Florida, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and New Haven, Connecticut do everything in their power to ensure that patients receive the highest quality treatment in a safe and comfortable setting. Reach out today at retreatbehavioralhealth.com or call at 855 855- for more information.